0: All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired today. It'll be Dylan and Henry as always. And today we're going to be joined by a big leaguer. So Henry, let's hit the intro music and get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired at Stone Campion and Henry Kalani as always and Henry not very often that we get to speak to someone that's pitched in Major League Baseball especially someone who's active in the league right now so this is going to be a great episode but before we introduce our guest how you doing? You
1: know I'm, I'm doing pretty good you know I mean, just for a little behind the scenes the Hall of Fame will come out soon it'll be interesting to see that it's I I like to say that during this time of year it's a boring time for baseball fans we're starting to starting to ramp up here you know like some things are in the the rumor mill starting to kick back up so it's it's getting to be a little more fun as a baseball fan this is going to be a great interview so i'm super excited
0: absolutely and pitchers and catchers will be reporting in a couple weeks i know our guest is probably looking forward to getting back out there relatively soon but of course we are joined today by cincinnati reds pitcher tj anton he's been with the organization for a couple years made his major league debut in 2020 made his record from sorry recovery in 2023 from injury and of course we're really excited to have you on the podcast today TJ thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah thanks for having me appreciate it.
0: Awesome absolutely so the first question we're going to start with because 2023 was definitely an interesting year from you recovering from injury your second Tommy John surgery in your career now making it back to the big leagues with the Reds sort of if you want to take us through what was that year like the ups and the downs and obviously making it back to the bigs.
2: Yeah, so uh, 2021, I tore my UCL in August, and so I knew my 2022 season was kind of, uh, you know, down the drain already, just understanding that it was my second Tommy John, and then uh, understanding the timeline, it's usually about 12 to 14 months uh, to get, you know, back to full speed. And so I finished my, you know, going in 2022, uh, you know, I did my rehab, everything felt great, Uh, went into the off season, was like excited to get ready for spring training, Then uh, elbows started like barking a little bit and it, but it was a little different than like UCL pain or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, I don't know if it's just like building up soreness or uh, you know what, like, you know, obviously I've had two surgeries, so I've kind of got to push through some of this stuff. Um, You know, is it ever going to feel the same? Where's the line of like pushing it going too far? So uh, I threw a bullpen and like, after I finished, I was like, man, I do not feel that great. It just, it just doesn't feel good at all. When, uh reported early that year like in january of 2023 i had a strain flexor um so uh, it, a little disappointing uh you know was thinking it would be like a, maybe a eight-week thing you know something quick i could get over but it just kind of lingered and lingered and lingered uh the the strain was down in the tendon so uh it's just not a ton of blood flow and you know the healing was slow so we really took our time with that and um yeah, the, the rehab process of the, of the straight flexor was a whole other animal uh, that I was trying to tackle on top of uh, rehabbing my, my UCL back to health. And like you said, I'm a, a double Tommy John survivor. So um, I've been through it and I understand it really well at this point. And, uh, you know, I, I grinded my butt off all, all summer you know, watching all my new teammates go up and, you know, like Ellie and, and just all the other different guys. I mean, you can say your name all day, but so many young guys, Matt and Ellie. and I mean, literally, so, literally, it was just a whole new team. And I was really excited to get back with them and, and help them make a playoff push. It was around that time when uh, they were just winning every single game they played. And I'm like, man, I can just be there just helping the boys, like, you know, pitching alongside this great staff right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm still rehabbing. So it was tough mentally as well um and then i you know i went to AAA for a while and um from my understanding it was it was supposed to be like a like a two or three week triple a stint and then you know going to the big leagues ended up being like a four-week triple a stint so i was in AAA for a while rehabbing and kind of get my bearings back under me and like figuring out what it's like i mean it had been at that point it had been two years since i had thrown into a hitter um so understanding just the the intricacies of the game again and you know learning quickly and then also adapting to the stressors of game of game speed again. So I had to go through that and then finally made it back, um, you know, end of August. It was almost exactly the two-year mark, just over two years of uh, not, you know, playing in a major league game. But huge success, made it back. And, uh, you know, I got to pat myself on the back for that one and a lot of the other people that were all, along the way that helped me. So just thank you to all of them. And, um, yeah, and then just now I'm getting ready for the 2024 season and, and hopefully, you know, Fingers crossed, healthy season. That's that's all I live for now.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like to anybody listening, like not only have you made it back, but when when you've been on the field, you've been succeeding beyond like what anybody could possibly dream of. Like the Reds, an organization that's been around since eighteen, like eighty two. You have your fourth and highest strikeout rate. Like you've been when you're when you've been on the field, you've been absolutely mowing guys down. And I mean, I know you probably don't want to dwell on on the injuries too much, but I just had a question about what being a double Tommy John guy, was there any difference between going through it again? Was there any difference in the mentality between getting it in 2017 and then getting it in 2021? How did your approach change? How did your mentality when you found out change, was there anything that you did differently?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, It's not a question I get asked often uh, but yeah, like the, the, difference between the first and the second for me, I, uh, the first one, I'm, I was super naive. I had just no clue, uh, what I was really getting into, um, at that point, you know, we, as pitchers know, you know, getting Tommy John is the, quote unquote, an oil change at this point, you know, it's just something that happens to some of us, you know, we tear our UCLs and they have a really good system to, you know, get us back, you know, and, and I just leaned into that system at the time and, um, when I, when I made it back, I was throwing harder than I ever had and, and feeling great. But like looking back, I was like, man, if I ever did that again, there would be a few things I did different. Um, and so a few of those things that I did, I tried to attempt to do different was get my arm moving a little bit sooner. I felt like I was in the brace a little too long in the first Tommy John. And I was like very stiff. My range of motion, uh, took a minute to get back. So the, the second Tommy John, I, I, um, I didn't push range of motion, but I just allowed myself to kind of have a little bit more freedom there. So I wasn't so scared to move. I feel like the first surgery, I was very scared to like do anything or really like allow my body to any to do anything. And so that second one, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into. And so I allowed my I gave myself a little bit more freedom on that front on the range of motion early side of things. Um, I also some of the force acceptance type stuff, um, closer to the time when I was getting ready to throw, I implemented a little bit more and that uh, is deemed a little bit aggressive, uh, by some people or maybe by some PT staffs, but I felt like it prepared my body in a really, really good way, it prepared my tendons to like really absorb force. And I, I felt really good, um, during my whole entire rehab process. So, um, you know, those are a couple of the things that I did differently. I think, you know no way you can really say like oh that's the perfect way to do it i think every human body is very complex and um you know every human body needs something different needs different uh stimulus to kind of help it grow and return back to what it needs to be and so i felt like during my second tommy john uh rehab i really focused on what my body needed versus what like this prescribed pt um rehab program was and not to say i was like veering way off i just Allowed, I gave myself a little bit more freedom along the way.
0: Absolutely, and I love that. And another one of the interesting things when recovering from injury is that everyone talks about the physical injury, but there's also a mental aspect of it, and that you mentioned you hadn't faced a hitter in two years. So what was that mental battle? Because I know one of the things talking to hitters and pitchers, it's sort of the daily grind of battle and competing, and you didn't have that for two years in the sense of a normal baseball player, but I assume you still found minor ways to compete in your daily life.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of the most competitive people like you'll meet. I mean, and for me and the rehab process, it's mostly in the weight room and like running and, you know, just like the daily tasks, uh, like finding competition in the daily tasks. Um, like, I mean, that's why, and I, I hate to like to my own horn. It's not just me, but that's like why we are great. You know what I mean? Like we're so obsessed with being the best. And, uh, like, so we, we compete in everything. And so it's, it's fun, you know, getting after it with the boys and and um you know just competing with anything like we're doing bench press and like I can do that much weight and you go over there and you fight for it you know it's just like the little things and like or running sprints like you're running 30 yard sprints but you're just like you see the guy running and you kind of give it that last little extra because you're like wanting to beat him right so uh you know for me that's where a lot of my competitive spirit comes from but yeah facing hitters again was fun and uh I, I felt like This go round, I really connected with hitters a little bit deeper uh, on a deeper level in terms of like an emotional level. I was able to kind of um, kind of like feel the situation and understand what they're trying to get done and understand like, you know, what pitch I had just thrown and understand like what their swing looks like on a deeper level because I had been watching baseball for so long um that i instead of just being like "Oh, i'm gonna throw a curveball right here and there's curveball there's like there was so much more behind my intentionality uh going into this next this last season um and like you know sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and sometimes i looked too far into it and sometimes i didn't look enough into it so like relearning that process of like really connecting with the moment and understanding like execution and and how to like beat a hitter you know there's a there's really good hitters out there and um and, and they, they think through situations really well. So um, I just always, as a pitcher, I'm always, you know, I'm going to control the situation. So it was really fun being able to, like, get back and just compete on, like, a really, really high level on, on a big stage.
1: And, yeah, I mean, the Reds have sort of gone under, like, a, they've had a makeover, right? Like, and you talked about a little bit with so many young guys coming up. What was that? End of the year stint, like right, like so. You were like, you were competing to get back on the field. You're back on the field with a fun, young, new Reds team. What was that like to sort of to see a, as you were gone? Like, it's a whole new team, and now you guys are in the thick of it, fighting for the NL Central.
2: Yeah, it it was really fun because a lot of these my teammates were like I played with them in the minor leagues, or like I had just gotten to the big leagues and I was kind of watching them in the minor leagues. So I had this like. You know, connection with them where I knew them, but maybe like if they weren't like really far fetched. Like for me, from the moment I entered the minor leagues, the moment the Reds drafted me, Joey Votto was in the big leagues. So that's like really far for me, right? That's a big leap, Joey Votto, right here. Um, <laughs> yeah. He gave me one of the coolest signed jerseys, too, by the way. He, uh, I got to tell his story because I'm sorry, I'm going to tangent real quick. <laughs> but on the, on the jersey, he wrote, um, he wrote, let me look real quick. You're right. That was probably a strike. So that's what we wrote on the <laughs> jersey, right? And so now I'll tell the backstory. So we were. It was spring training, and um, and I was facing Joey and Suarez. It was spring training at 21, and Su- Suarez got in the box, and and I, I punched his ticket. And so Joey got in the box. And I'm feeling feel myself a little bit, <laughs> and um, and it's Joey Votto, right? It's like his future Hall of Famer, and like I'm I'm getting to face him, so like. First pitch ball, like second pitch strike, you know, work to a 2-2 count, foul ball, foul ball, like he's fighting pretty well. Like I throw a ball and then it's like full count. And then I like barely like miss like off like off the edge of the plate, like just barely. And so he like walks off and I'm like, hey, like what you, you got that as a strike? Like what do you think? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if I think it's a strike. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, I just pissed off Joey. Like gosh. Like, okay, so I'm like – and I'm like a little tick too because like – You wanted the you call. Know, yeah, I wanted the call. Like, you know, now Joey's pissed off. Like, now I'm pissed off. Like, we're we're all competing, trying to win out here, right? And so Suarez gets back in the box. i like, punch him in three pitches. I'm just ticked <laughs> off, right? I'm just letting it eat at this point. So Joey gets back in the box. And uh, like I throw a first pitch ball like it's off the dish. And he's like, ball. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And so now we're like competing like hardcore and I, we got to like a full count again and I walked him, but it was like not a controversial pitch on that one. i was like, gosh, man, like I lost that though. And so I went in the, in the locker room after and I was like, Hey Joe, like I wasn't, I'm trying to piss you off, man. He's like, Oh no, i was just getting into my competitive spirit, brother. Like, you're good. I'm like, okay, cool. So like later on in the season, I asked him to sign a Jersey for me and he wrote, you know, that was probably a strike. Which is super cool. So like, like I said, you know, when I was coming up, Joey Votto was like the holy grail, you know, and he still is like unbelievable yeah. athlete, like loved watching every moment of his career. And uh, but, you know, for me, all these guys that are starting to come up, like they're more like I I pass them. Right. I talk to them and like there's more of the, a little bit more of a relationship behind the field or off the field than the way I had with Joey. So it's really cool um, to see. You know, these guys that like I have relationships with and like that are friends of mine are now coming up in the big leagues and now and they're good and they're really good, too. And so it it was just really special getting back uh, and then being in the hunt. And like, I just see the potential of this team. I know that we're going to be in playoffs this year. That's not even a doubt in my mind. Like, but I don't want to just like be in the playoffs. I want to win the NL Central. I want to win the freaking World Series. dude And And I think we have the potential to do it um you know at the end of the day it's about staying healthy and who can be consistent right so that's that's you know my my prayer for everyone this year and myself included like stay healthy be consistent i know we can do it man it's fun
0: i love that absolutely but now i do have to ask because we're looking at your studio behind you and we get the anton 70 jersey we get the Votto jersey now you're a cincinnati red and there's two guys that i'm sure a lot of reds fans are not big fans of to your right and adam wainwright and yadier molina
2: Yeah. So man, I gotta, you gotta throw respect where it's at, man, man. That, that was like one of the best batteries and the coolest part, man, is they were together and I, I got the face. uh, I didn't face Wayne Ray obviously straight up as a hitter, uh, but like as a pitcher, I was in the game at the same time he was, I've struck out Molina, but those guys were playing when I was in high school, man. And that is crazy. (laughs) And, and they're going to be, they're future hall of famers like no doubt. So, you know, I know some Reds fans probably like, ah, oh, you know, Cardinals jerseys. <laughs> no, man. At the end of the day, like, I, I re- love and respect great players. And these guys right here, those guys right here, I got Kershaw and Betts over there. I got Hader and Yelich over here. I got Carpenter and Trevor Story over here. So I got jerseys out the wazoo. I love them. I think <laughs> it's a great, a great addition. And, you know, I have good connections with a lot of these guys. So I, I love them to death. And it's just been fun to, like, watch the individual play the sport, you know, regardless of what team he's on.
0: I love that. I do have to ask as a follow-up, how'd you strike out Yachty? What's the approach? Now he's not in baseball so we can reveal the tricks, but what are you throwing at him that you got him fishing?
2: Dude, I was so disappointed in this at bat (laughs) when I faced him. So I threw like, I think I threw a first pitch fastball and he fouled it off or maybe he was like touch late or something. Through a slider for a strike, I kind of froze him and he thought it was off the dish and got him O2 like right off the bat. So I'm like, ooh, i this is the very first <laughs> time I ever faced him. I'm like I'm about to punch Molina like so hard right here. So I just reared back and like let one eat and I bounced it. And I was like, like, you know, as I was throwing it, I was like, ah, dang, I'm it's like going down. And this guy just swings at it. And I'm like, man, that wasn't even a cool strikeout. <laughs> but I still punched you out. So I uh, you know, again the most respect for that guy I love him to death and what a what a cool cool person as well but man I was so disappointed in that strikeout
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I I have a question just sort of going a little a little inside baseball here obviously you don't want to reveal too many tricks of the trade but um one of our one of our members of the side retired is a huge Reds fan and he really wanted us wanted us to ask this question Initially, when you, were, when you were thrown in the big leagues, you were a big four-seam slider guy with occasional curveball. Now you're a heavy-on-the-sinker-curve duo. Um, what, what went into that? Who were you talking to that was like, hey, maybe we should switch this up? Was that just you with feel? So what went into that decision to sort of change up your repertoire?
2: For me, uh, some of it, not all of it, but some decisions were made based on how good it felt on my elbow. Uh, there's some pitches that were a little bit more stressful, and there were some pitches that were a little, you know, less stressful and like felt better. So I was able to kind of finish the pitch better and end up being an overall better pitch. Um, so that had that plays into it, but it's not the whole reason. And then, um, but the other kind of side of it is is really you know average against is something we look a lot mm-hmm. at. Um, so and then and then like you said, feel like if you can't throw the pitch for a strike, like it's not a good pitch. Yeah. So you know, for my for my sinker and um, for my curveball, I'm kind of you know able to throw those for strike when I need to. Still able to throw a slider for strike when I need to. But I I like you said, I I was kind of like edging a little bit more on the curveball when I got back, uh, and the sinker just felt really good on the elbow mm-hmm. compared to like throwing kind of hard over the top yeah. four seam. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the some of the things that went into the decision of that. Cool.
0: I love it. Absolutely. I know sort of following up on that trend, I know one of the biggest debates that happens not only on this podcast, but baseball in general is that analytics versus eye test. And there seems to be dueling battles in Major League Baseball around there. But I know the Reds are also really good at developing pitchers. A lot of the pitchers over there are using a lot of analytics, whether it was Bauer and Gray in 2020 and all those other different teammates that you probably had. Where do you stand on the spectrum and how do you balance the two potentially harmful but potentially work really well together? Yeah.
2: So I was, I was uh, blessed to have Bauer and Sonny on my team. And honestly, like Sonny does use analytics, but he's very like he's old school with how he pitches. And it's cool to listen to him talk through in that bat when he's, uh, you know, what either watching from the side or we're throwing a bullpen together, like what he's trying to do. It's really cool to hear him talk through that. And that is like so important to be able to do. And, what are you looking for? What's the hitter looking for? Like what, what, what did you just give to the hitter? And like, what did they see? What shape did they see? And now what are they looking for based on the situation? that's kind of what I was talking about uh, with the kind of emotion behind it. Cause now you're, now you're with the hitter. Now you're thinking on a, on a deeper level uh, with him, or kind of understanding what he's thinking so that you can attack those weaknesses or attack those, those flaws and and get them out. Uh, But then there's also the other side of it, like kind of what Bauer does is, and not just Bauer, there's a lot of guys, but, you know, what the way Bauer taught me when I first got up was, um, you know, the shape plays a lot into it. There's, there's analytics in terms of, uh, you know, success here and no success here. And so Bauer's not in the school because Bauer doesn't fully lean on that. Bauer actually taught me how to read a hit or swing. I didn't know how to read a hit or swing until I got to major league baseball. And I didn't even know what that meant. I, was, I So I threw a pitch one time and, um, it was, oh, I can't remember who it was too. I threw like a first pitch fastball up and away and got a swing and miss. Got through another first pitch, or, threw another fastball up and away, swing and miss. Had the guy 0-2 with a guy on second. And I was like, well, I'm going to put him away. I'm going to throw a slider. And dude just hits a double off the wall on me. And he was like, he was talking to me after the, after the inning. I was like all down in the dumps because I just got a double hit off me and gave up a run. And he was like, "Did you see how he swung whenever you threw that fastball?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> I have to look at the guy swinging whenever I throw a pitch. Like, what does that mean?" And so he like taught me that he was like, "Oh, you need to start looking at this. Like, you need to start like watching like what their feet do or what their head does, or how they're leaning, or how, what what swing they take. Is it their A swing? Is it their B swing? Is it their C swing? Are they trying to trick you?" I was like, "What?" So <laughs> Bauer is really good at like being analytics and having the baseball feel like in merging the two, that's why he's such a great pitcher. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it was baseball is great because both of those sides are important. Um, some days you lean more on one than the other. And then the next day you lean on the other and not the, not on the one. So um, I always, I always try to uh, in terms of the analytics or scouting reports, I try to know if, like some really important stats, but I don't completely memorize the whole thing. And some people are completely opposite. They memorize the whole thing and aren't worried about, they just want to throw their good pitches and whatever counts matters. matter. And then for for me, I like the balance of
1: the two. Yeah. And I mean, now that you've been around some, and we've been talking about, right. Some real like stars of the game throughout the like past five years. Right. Who else has, who else, when you first got up there, right. You were talking about Bauer and Sonny. Has there been anybody else who's really like helped you evolve your game, help like define it to be like, to become like a solid major league pitcher. Cause I mean, you're talking about it. the jump there's, there's definitely a jump between AAA and, and the majors just with the caliber of pitcher caliber of hitter. So was there anybody else who really helped you evolve your game to get to that standard? Yeah, I've learned
2: a ton from Lucas Sims too. just listening to him, you know, him talk and uh, he's really, really smart baseball player. So being able to watch him, he was like always kind of like one year ahead of me. So like whenever I was in Mm double a and he, he was, he had just gotten traded over but he was in triple a. And so I was always kind of like right behind him the whole time. So I was able to be with him in terms of age and, um, you know, where we're at contract wise, but then also kind of be right here behind them and be able to learn from them and uh, grow that way. Also, Nick Castellanos was a good hitter to listen to. Um, he is uh, a whole different world of smart, uh, which is crazy because, you know, he, he's the man of very few words. And but like when you hear him talk about baseball or hear him talk about the swing, you uh, he says things or he, he just uses different verbiage that you would not expect and puts it in a different tense. And then you're like, okay, wait, I actually see the way you're explaining this. So yeah, those are just a couple of of guys. Tucker Barnhart was a, a very big influence on me as well. Um, very hard nosed catcher, like old school mm-hmm. catcher, like will go right at you. Uh, I remember specifically a time when I, like I, there was this one outing, I couldn't throw a fastball for a strike. And I was like, leaning heavy on my breaking balls and I got this one guy to like 3-0 and he calls a fastball and I'm shake him off. He calls a fastball and I shake him off. He calls a fastball and I shake him off. And then he like tells me to step off. So I step off. I'm like, okay, Tucker wants me to throw a fastball. But I'm not throwing a fastball. <laughs> so I get back on he calls a fastball and I shake off. And I'm, he's like, slider? And I'm like, yeah, all right. So a slider and I threw it for a ball unfortunately. And so it came in the dugout and he just chewed me out. Why are you throwing a slider there? It's three-o count. What the you know? And I'm like, dude, I can't throw a fastball for a strike either. Like it doesn't always have to be a fastball. So I don't know. We, he, but he's very old school and like would come right at you. But he like he's, he's teaching you too. So it was like really cool to, to learn from a really good catcher, really good hitter, really another really good pitcher as well.
0: Absolutely. And I know you are a student of the game. So we do have breaking news on the podcast right now. I know Henry alluded to that we are recording during the Hall of Fame announcement. It was just released that Adrian Beltray, Todd Helton and Joe Maurer, all three were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner finishing, unfortunately, a handful of votes shy. But any takes on the Hall of Fame or anything like that will give you the open mic and open floor.
2: Yeah, Maurer, man, it was so cool to watch him growing up, Um, and obviously Adrian Beltray as well. Like that, (laughs) I was a Rangers fan growing up, so I get to watch him. And but yeah, that's the goal, right? Like be a Hall of Famer, and uh, I got to throw for another ten years if I want to be a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's always the goal. So good, you know, praise to them, and uh, you know that they're they're a part of a group of guys who will forever be remembered.
0: Absolutely. I love it. And we do have three fun rapid fire questions here to throw you to round things off. If you're game for them, let's roll. All right. The first song, and we usually ask, it's usually whether we have a writer on or someone like that, what would ideally be your walk-up song? But having a big leader on the podcast, we just get to flat out ask, what's your walk-up song?
2: My walk-up song is blah, blah, blah by Armin
1: Van Buren. Okay. Oh, okay. Check it That's... out. If you have a, yeah. Don't kind of hard in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you get it, when you get it rolling. Yeah. Um, and, and so for the next one, it's just Reds fans out there listening. Right. And you already sort of said that you're aiming for the NL Central. You're aiming for the World Series. Right. What's your message to Reds fans coming into 2024, coming into spring training? Expectations are high. So what what do you have for them?
2: Man, nobody hits 400 the whole year, and, and nobody has a zero ERA. So, like, roll with the punches with us this year and, like, be at the games. Like, we we need y'all's energy. We need y'all at the games. And, and like, just be there for us, you know, in the, the good times and the bad. Like, when you roll with us, it's going to be worth it in the end.
0: I love that. I know Great American Ballpark. I was there a couple summers ago. Joey Votto had Party in the USA as his walk-up song, and that was an immaculate vibe. So, definitely looking forward to seeing the Reds dominate again in 2024. I guess the last question we had for you, and this is a tricky one, and then you can also tell us the result of it. But who is the toughest hitter you've faced so far in your career?
2: Oh man. Uh, that is a tough rapid fire question. I have to like think of that. Think of that <laughs> one. Uh McMahon. McMahon is a he was with the Rockies whenever I faced him. And he was a left he's a lefty and I went first pitch curveball to him, and he hit it 105 off the bat. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to face him again. Like, that's okay. I'm okay with that. But, like, I'm going to face him again. I'm going to get him with a slider. Like, I'm going to bust his hands a little bit. Threw a first pitch slider the second time I faced him, and he hit it 105 off the bat. And I'm like, dude, I can't get this guy out. Like, so, you know, I just based on that, I would have to say, like, you know, him, uh, Ryan McMahon. So, he's pretty good.
0: I like that. That's definitely, a, as I try to pull up the website, I don't know if you've ever checked it out, StatMuse is good about doing head-to-head matchups. Apparently he's one for two in his career yet. Those are the only two matchups yeah. we've had against him so far. But... So yeah, I
2: got him out the first time. Thank God, right? <laughs> but he, he literally hit a laser off me and he hit like straight to the left fielder.
0: Oh, I love it. But, but we do yeah, have... great hitter. I love it. And then the last question, I don't know if you saw this one coming, but... A couple months ago, we had Xavier Hirsch of Notre Dame Baseball on the podcast, and to round things off, we said, Xavier, if you'd like to pass the baton to someone on the podcast to have them on next, and he said, I'm going to get you guys big leaguer TJ Anton, and obviously, here we are a couple months later, and we have indeed gotten that possible, so we'd like to continue the tradition and ask you, would you like to pass the baton to someone, too?
2: Yeah, man, I would. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure you guys want me to say a big leaguer's name so you can chase him down, but i got to pick. A guy – so I have a training facility in Texas, COVA uh, Sports. And I got to pick the, a kid that I've been training with for probably about four or five years now. And he came in, you know, throwing probably 85. He had he had a previous Tommy John surgery. And, man, this kid has grinded his butt off, man. he He's up to 96 now. And uh, he's going to UCF next year. And I think it would be so cool to listen to a podcast about him because – He's, he's got a cool story you know he's been through he's already been through Tommy John and uh you know he's grown he, he's a big he's a grinder man so his name's Kevin Shonaboom. he's currently at a, at a small little uh junior college in Texas uh but he's going to UCF next year he's getting mm-hmm. some he's getting some um pro um uh, pro like scouting questionnaires coming in at him so um my agent's currently looking at him so he's he's, he's getting kind of a little bit more so it might be cool to to connect with him and see if, you know, you can catch him before he gets big or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Shauna boom might be the greatest last name that we'll ever have on (laughs) the podcast. So I just, for that reason, for that reason alone, that's, that's definitely (laughs) worth it.
2: Yeah. I love Kev. He's a great man. He's a great, great dude. Love him to death.
0: No, Absolutely. It sounds like a great story, too. So can't wait to hear all about it. But we really do appreciate first you hopping on the podcast with us because I know you've got a busy off season, and we're looking forward to spring training is now, what, three, four weeks away. So we're yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you today. And so for Dylan, Henry and TJ, until the next time, the side is retired.